Snap Judgment, live. Please put your hands together for Katie Levitt. When I first start telling people that I'm going back to school to be a social worker, there's this thing that people keep saying to me. Oh, you're going to be a baby snatcher. I guess that that's all that a lot of folks think of when they hear social worker is baby snatcher. And social workers do all kinds of other things, so it's this really skewed misconception for the most part. For me, it is actually correct because I decide to take a deal that the state offers where they pay for my grad school as long as I come work for them in Child Protective Services, CPS, for two years afterwards. And CPS, those are the folks who do sometimes take kids from their homes. So my first year of grad school, the year before I started CPS, is weird. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I practice being a therapist at school with my classmates. And on Mondays and Wednesdays, I take the show on the road and I play pretend therapist in real people's real lives at a community mental health clinic. Because in the beginning, I possess far more enthusiasm than skill, I try to at least look the part. I get myself a pencil skirt and a very strong tan blazer. That's my strategy. Wear a blazer. Try to not make people's lives worse. What I essentially do in all of my early sessions is my best impression of my own therapist. I do a lot of nodding. She was very good at nodding. I do a lot of nodding and sitting and saying nothing. And on the rare occasion that that intervention fails, I hit my clients with the big guns. Huh, I say. How do you feel about that? <sighs> so I muddle through seven or eight months like that. And then as I'm getting ready to, ready to finish out my first year, I get one last client in the spring, an 11-year-old girl who my supervisor says probably won't need that long. This girl comes to me mandated by the courts after being removed from her dad and stepmom's house. Her dad had beaten her, a doctor had noticed, and CPS had hauled her out of there before she even had time to grab her pajamas. When I meet her, she's now living with her maternal grandmother and hating every minute of it. She doesn't like that she has to share a room and often a bed at her grandmother's house. She doesn't like her new school. She doesn't like the lady from the court who comes to supervise whenever she visits with her dad. But more than anyone, more than anything, she does not like that nasty baby snatcher social worker who did this to her. That's whose fault this is. That's what we talk about a lot. We play Uno and we draw, and we talk about the social worker who ruined her life. And as we're talking about this, only one of the two of us knows that that is the exact kind of social worker that I'm going to be next. So after a month or two, the day of our last session comes, and we're talking about what it's like to say goodbye to each other. I tell her that I feel sad that I won't see her anymore, and then she asks me, 
What job are you going to when you leave here? My stomach drops. But I decide that it's important to tell her the truth. Well, I'm gonna go be a social worker like the social worker who took you from your house. She keeps her eyes on me and she starts to nod. Huh, she says. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm so impressed and so terrified by this reaction that I tell her the truth again. <laughs> I have a lot of different feelings about it. Part of me thinks that it's a really good job that I'll be helping keep kids safe. Part of me thinks it's a really sad job that I'll be hurting kids and their moms and dads. Is there anything that you want me to know? Anything that you wish that the social worker who took you from your house knew? Something I can do differently when I take a little girl from hers? <laughs> She's not thrown by this question. She doesn't shrug and say, and go back to her drawing. She's thoughtful and certain. If you have to do that, she says, just let her take her time. Just let her get her stuff she likes, like how I wish I had my bunny, the one I sleep with, and let her say goodbye. If she has brothers too, or sisters, let her say goodbye to them and hug them and her mom and dad. Okay, I say, I will. And I tell her how helpful that was and how she's made things better for other kids and how I'm so sorry that she didn't have a chance to get her things or say goodbye. And that's the end of our session the end of our time together. She goes back to her grandmother's house and I start my work at CPS. But I think about this conversation a lot afterwards. Of course I do. When I start at CPS, my internship is in the emergency response division. And what that means in practical terms is that I am knocking on people's doors, asking strangers personal questions, carrying crayons in my purse, and playing on apartment floors with kids as we both wait to find out what's supposed to happen next. Pretty much from the outset, I know that this is not a job that I'm going to be good at. As I look around at the other workers, there are these two camps. There are the hard-working, child-protecting angels, and there are the folks who are struggling. They are wonderful, but they are struggling with the bureaucracy and the burnout and the vicarious trauma. And I know right away that if I stay, I'm going to struggle. And I don't think that's fair for anybody. So after only six weeks, I quit. I tell my supervisor that I'm quitting and I also make one last request. I tell her that I want to be a part of a removal before I go, that I want to be a part of taking a kid out of her home. I don't tell her that I have a wrong to write or a promise to keep. I just say that that's an experience that I want to have. So on a warm fall day, my last day at CPS, Four of us workers pile into two county-issued sedans. The kids we're going to remove are little, really little. There's a baby, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-year-old. That's why the team even lets me come along. They need extra bodies to help. 
couple of police officers join us when we get to the building, which is a rundown, single-room occupancy hotel next to the freeway. The six of us crowd the hallway outside the tiny room, one of us on a mission. I try to fight my way to the front of the pack to get next to the worker who's knocking on the door, but I can't. And once the worker tells the mother that we are there to take the children, it's immediate chaos. The mother is screaming, the children are crying, the police are closing in on the room, and the other workers are just trying to get in and out as quickly as possible. I'm panicked, stuck behind everyone yelling, but what, but what about their things? We have to let them get their things. Ma'am, ma'am, is there anything that the kids would want? She doesn't hear me and I'm losing my chance. Everyone's in motion. I never even see the six-year-old, but I hear her yell, mommy. One worker takes the one-year-old and then the two-year-old and another is shoving paperwork at the mother. And in the midst of all of this, someone hands me the baby. He's little for his age, small. He's got a rash on his face and the beginning wisps of hair on his head. He's clueless, calm. Another worker tells me, go on, go outside, get the baby to the car. And I start to leave, but then, wait! Does the baby have a bottle? Do you have a bottle for the baby? This time, the mother hears me. She passes a bottle down the line of people, and I take it and walk outside. Knowing that this baby can't understand me lets me be totally honest with him. I'm sorry, I say. I wanted to get you your little baby hat and your little baby blankets and your little baby shoes if you have them, but I just couldn't. Maybe I could have, but I didn't. I don't know where you're going next. They might have hats there, but they might not. I'm not going to be able to check on you. Today's my last day. And then I sit on the hood of the county car and I feed the baby his bottle. I hold him and I rock him and I watch him drink what his mother gave him. And when he finishes, I look down as he spits up all over my jacket. That dumb tan blazer that I bought right before school to try to look like a professional. A professional baby snatcher. And that is exactly what I look like. Katie Levitt. Katie Levitt. Amazing Katie Levitt, backed by the funk and soul of Bell's Atlas. Bell's Atlas, they've got a brand new album out. Get the magic at bellsatlas.com. 